Welcome back to the Community Online Podcast. This week, we're joined by community pastor Jason Ishmael as we continue the series, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Remember, you can always find us on Sundays streaming live at communityonline.tv. We hope to see you there. The other day, a buddy of mine and I were talking, and he found a, a study from National Geographic that was talking about the people that live the longest. Now, total stunner, they found out that the people on planet Earth who live the longest, uh, on average, live in Okinawa, Japan, or in Sardinia, Italy. And I was like, seriously, are you kidding me? Like, it's, it's an island off the coast of Italy in the Mediterranean. Like, you're going to live to 150 there, you know. Uh, the problem is, turns out, Uh, We can't get all of us on the island of Sardinia. So what about the rest of us? Who lives the longest? I don't know. Maybe uh, I was guessing about it. Uh, Perhaps it's vegetarians, right? You got a great diet and this kind of thing Uh, would work out really well for you. Maybe, um, I don't know, maybe it's gym rats. Like, check this lady out. This lady's 83 years old and she's deadlifting 150 pounds. I'm not sure if I can keep up with her right now, but... I actually enjoyed another one. I think a lady who's probably figured out the gem rat thing even better, uh, you know, to kind of know how to celebrate a good, uh, a good gym workout with their margarita. Uh, impressive, right? I mean, these guys are going to live forever. But the study showed this, and this really surprised me, uh, that in America, there was a group that lived on average 79 years old, outpaced everybody else, and it was actually a religious movement built around the Sabbath. This is an entire group, an entire religious movement built around the idea of taking a rest day every single week. I mean, imagine this, all of the money that is spent on healthcare and all the things that we do to try to get ourselves to live longer. And this group of people are doing it simply by saying, we're going to rest one day every single week. It's a different kind of rhythm. And I think it's one that might have an impact on us today as we are in our very final week of The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, uh, based on a book by John Mark Comer of the same name. I'd encourage you to check that book out. If you've not read it yet, it really is worth the read. Uh, Pick that book up, and I I think it'll change some rhythms in your life, uh, because we are in a culture that uh, is really struck epidemically with something we're calling hurry sickness. Uh, This idea of always striving and never arriving. Just think about the way that people's schedules are so ruthless to them. I think we have a culture uh, that is living in exhaustion and to the point of exhaustion all the time. And maybe that's you uh, as you hear this message. And I think there uh, is a powerful word from Jesus, a powerful way of living that really does change uh, the rhythms of our life. And in Matthew 11, Jesus talks about this. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I mean, I love this word because here's Jesus looking at the exhausted and the burden. He's looking at us right now saying, come to me. Now, it always surprises me what he says next though, because I'm expecting him to say, come to me and put your feet back, you know, come to me and, you know, whatever. And he says, come to me, take my yoke upon you. I mean, a a yoke, you realize this is like this big, giant wooden instrument you put on oxen to carry a cart. I mean, can imagine going to your doctor and you're like, hey, you know, doc, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm I'm totally spent right now. And she pulls back like a a curtain on something. She's like, I got just the answer for you. How about this? It's a giant yoke. You're like, are you kidding me? Like, what what are you doing with a yoke? See, a yoke isn't a sitting instrument. A yoke is a walking instrument. And what Jesus is telling us, we who are burdened and heavy laden, we who are exhausted, he is saying there is a different and a better way to carry life. 
And today we're jumping into that idea, a different rhythm. And this conversation is going to be about the notion of Sabbath. Now, here's Sabbath. Maybe that's a word that is unfamiliar to you. It's not a word that we use terribly often uh, in our context here at Community. Uh, but I want to dig into this because it's a special word in the Old Testament. Uh, in the Hebrew, this word is Shabbat, uh, which literally means to stop. I mean, think about that. Uh, to stop, that there is a rhythm in our lives, in Scripture, in the way that God has designed for us, to stop. Uh, I think a lot of times we get in conversations at church and it feels like we're always saying, like, hey, you need to do some more. Like, can you, can you do this? We'll challenge you with this. Maybe you need to add this thing to your life. Uh, today, maybe we'll surprise you that the point of this message isn't that you do more. We're actually calling you to do less. See, as God gives us this rhythm of Sabbath in our lives, he truly does know what is best for us. Sabbath isn't just another one of these things that you have to, to check off like you, uh, like you have to do this. This is something that is literally and very specifically for our own good. Jesus talks about this in Mark chapter 2 uh, when he says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God has created this for us, for our benefit. Uh, you would think at times, if God is looking down, I, mean, I, I can feel this in my own heart sometimes, where he's looking at me saying, I have something that is good for you. This is better for you. That truly my heart would open to something like that. So uh, if we could go back on this, I'm going to give you some history on the idea of Sabbath, because you can go back to the very beginning of the Bible, uh, and it already makes an appearance there in, uh, in the very first book of the Bible, in just the second chapter. You see, uh, in this area of Scripture, we see God creating everything, and so this immense work where he's created stars and planets, every living thing on the earth, uh, that he speaks into existence, he, he forms and fashions Adam and Eve, man and woman, with his very own hands, puts his breath into them. Uh, and this is what happens after those six days in Genesis chapter two. Check it out. Thus, the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. We I mean, think about it, this idea of Sabbath is woven into our very existence. Like creation itself, nature and the world around us has the notion of Sabbath built into it. It's not as if, uh, you know, God gets done with six days and he's like, man, I'm just, I am spent. I mean, we, we serve an infinite God. There is no limit to his strength. I mean, he could go not just six days of creating, he could go forever creating and never need a rest from it. Do you realize that rest is something that God has, has made, that he has, has woven into the very way that we exist. And so I want to talk about Sabbath in two different ways. The first one's not going to be much of a surprise, uh, but uh, I think it bears, uh, it bears making the point that Sabbath, when we talk about Sabbath as rest, Sabbath as rest. Now you can go back uh, to the Old Testament a little farther in the book of Exodus, where we're in the Ten Commandments. And if you read through that, you know, that section, it's all of these just bam, 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 bam. And then we get to this commandment about keeping the Sabbath. And all of a sudden, rather than this, this quick hitter, uh, God gives some more explanation to this. Check this out in Exodus chapter 20. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, 
nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And the foundation for this is in creation. But, you know, God is looking to saying, I know, I know what's best for you. Remember the Sabbath. I think remember is an interesting word in, in the Old Testament because when I think about, you know, remember, uh, this is typically a mental exercise for me. You know, like, um, for instance, remember your wedding anniversary. My wedding anniversary is May 27th. So uh, I'm, I'm right there in the midst of remembering. Now, can you imagine though, if I looked at my wife and I said, okay, um, babe, I just, I just wanted you to know on this, the day of our 15th wedding anniversary that I, I remember. I mean, she's gonna look at me like I'm crazy. She's gonna be like, okay, great. Well, you remember and, you know, when's the date? Or you remember and when's the, do I have some flowers? It's like, is there something? Are we gonna do something? Because the reality is, remember isn't just a mental exercise. Remember in the Bible is an action word. Remember means do. And so we're gonna be a people that remember the Sabbath. This isn't just something I go, okay, I, I see it on my calendar. This is actually something I commit to actually resting on this day, that I actually commit myself to saying, I am going to stop from everything that I'm doing. I'm gonna stop and give this day to the Lord. Uh, you know, I say this and it feels easy to, to talk about, uh, but I think there's a big statement that comes with this when you're willing to stop from all the hustle and hurry, all the demands of life. Walter Brueggemann says it like this. The Sabbath, look at this, announces to the world that God is, is that the world is safely in God's hands. The world will not disintegrate if we stop our efforts. The, the world relies on God's promises and not on our efforts. The observance of Sabbath rest is a break with every effort to achieve, to secure ourselves, and to make the world into our image according to our purpose. I'll tell you, this hits me because there's, there's a, a, an act of faith in saying that I don't need to keep striving. I don't need to keep hustling to get it, to say, okay, God, I'm gonna take you at your word and I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop and rest and trust you that even when I rest, that somehow I'm gonna find a way to get everything done. You see, there's another element of Sabbath that I think is just as powerful as rest. Uh, this idea of announcing to the world, as Walter Brueggemann puts it, uh, but I wanna talk about this, this second way of Sabbath, that Sabbath as resistance. You see, that one's surprising, Sabbath as resistance, because it really does say something to our world when we live a different way, when we have a different rhythm. This is in Deuteronomy chapter five. Now, if we look at the Exodus account that we were just in with the 10 commandments and remember the Sabbath, there's a, there's a subtle change in this and even a different foundation. In Deuteronomy chapter five, it says this, Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. Now, we're gonna read the next verse and things start to change a little bit. Maybe where you read in Exodus, it was remember the Sabbath. This says observe the Sabbath. That's pretty subtle so far. But the next verse gives us, I think, an almost entirely different foundation for the grounding of this commandment where we see in Exodus, the command is grounded in the creation story. In Deuteronomy, it's this. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt 
and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Now, the, the Exodus story for Israel was the situation where their entire nation had been in slavery in Egypt. And uh, the, the story of the Exodus is literally God setting them free from slavery in Egypt and, and establishing them in their own homeland, in their own promised land. Uh, I think it's interesting, though, because even as they were being set free from slavery in Egypt, even, literally, as they are walking out of slavery and into freedom, there were people that were being set free, that were complaining to the leadership of Israel at the time that had gotten so comfortable in their slavery in Egypt that they thought it would be better to be slaves. It would be better to be slaves in Egypt than to walk into the new things that God had for them, into the new promises that God had for them. I mean, can you imagine being a slave in Egypt, freedom is ahead of you, but you are so comfortable in the slavery that you'd rather be there. And I wish I could say that I, I didn't identify with that at all. But if you could look at our world and the constancy, the ruthlessness of, of the schedule and the lifestyle that most of us are trying to maintain, there is something that has to change for us. So many of us are enslaved by an absolute unsustainable pace working so much, doing so much, trying to achieve so much. And somehow we have gotten comfortable in that slavery. Somehow we've become okay with that kind of living. When the whole time God is saying, Sabbath, rest, stop for a minute. Be with me, breathe in, enjoy with me because I have a different way of living. I mean, can you imagine what it says to the world? to the world that says I never have enough, to the world that says I always have to do more to get more. Sabbath as resistance says we don't bow to the idol of more. It says we have enough. Right now, we have enough. We are enough. God is enough. And I want that so badly, and I pray that you do too, to walk in the kind of life that truly is enough. And the truth is we can talk about this and hopefully, hopefully I've got you interested in taking a step. Um, but the question is, how do you do that? And so we've asked some friends of ours from around community to share their very own practices of Sabbath, uh, starting from all kinds of walks of life. So check it out. Sabbath for me is about taking a deep breath. It's about spending a ton of time outside, uh, even taking my watch off, uh, unplugging for the day, uh, doing the things that give me so much joy and delight, like reading a good book or taking a nap. My Sabbath revolves around one question. At the end of the day, did I invest in my relationship with God or my relationship with the world? Practically, maybe I take a walk in nature or I worship through song or spend time with family. But I always make sure to spend time in his word and spend time in prayer and solitude in order to grow my relationship with him through talking and listening to him. Today is Friday and today is the day that I take as my Sabbath day from Thursday night through Friday night. And this is a time where I used to disconnect, to pause, to really delight uh, in, in God. And one, one thing that I do is I take my long run day as, as part of my Sabbath. So today, that's what I'm about to do. It's gonna be 12 miles, so please pray for me, but 
for me, it's a time to disconnect once again from the electronics, from social media, from a lot of a lot of those things that are good, but sometimes can be a distraction. My favorite thing to do on Sabbath is anything that's going to let us delight and rest and have fun. We try to prepare our food in advance for Sabbath, like the day before or even a couple of days before so we don't have to work. But we will cook on Sabbath if it's fun. We like to have competitions sometimes. Do you like cooking competitions? Yeah. You like being the judge for cooking competitions? Mom's going to be the judge next for a French fry competition. I just want to put it out there. I won the chicken nugget one. So I'm pretty intentional to pick a day out of the week where I will Sabbath, and it's different depending on the week. And it looks a lot like um, just finding rest, sleeping in, uh, finding things that will give me joy and things that I will find delight in and saying no to the things that won't give me joy. During my Sabbath, I always love to spend time out in nature at a place like this, the Morton Arboretum. I feel like God's presence is so near in his creation. I mean, just look at this place. the days that my Sabbath includes retreating to a quiet place in solitude. The reality is, is that our Sabbath usually looks like this. It's putting away our phones and emails and texts and work and really just embrace the mess and embrace the noise and embrace the love um, that I have for my family and that they have for me. It's all about experiencing these perfectly imperfect moments together. There's a few things that hit me in that video. I love uh, the idea literally <laughs> of taking off your watch on the Sabbath. I, I happen to look at this thing way more often. I, I love the perspective of, of even going into, uh, into nature. And we heard about the, the Morton Arboretum. Uh, just to be there and to rest and to linger. But I'll tell you, I, I <laughs> most identified with that last one. You know, here you are trying to, to Sabbath and rest. And boy, I'd love to tell you that, man, I just set aside some, some time to act to do nothing, you know, where I could be in total solitude. Um, my wife and I, though, we have four kids. Uh, we've got 10, 8, 6, and 3. And, uh, you know, if you've had any little kids in the house, you understand how chaotic that can be sometimes. I thought that, uh, that word in that video hit me hard, the, the chaos of our lives. Because the truth is, there's a reason that I wasn't in that video. I would love to sit here and tell you, guys, I'm like, I'm the master at Sabbath. I'm so good at stopping and slowing down and, and you know, and not doing anything. My, my wife works, I work. Uh, we're always busy. There's always something. You know this? When you got baseball practice or basketball practice, soccer, maybe your, your job is demanding 50, 60, 70 hours a week for you. Maybe you're the type of person that's even got to work multiple jobs. And you're listening to me say, take an entire day. And you're like, dude, I, there's no way. There is no way. I am burning the candle from both ends all the time in my life. How could you possibly say, take a break for an entire day? Can I tell you, especially, especially if you are in the midst of an exhausting lifestyle, something that is burdening you so heavily. Can I tell you, this truly, especially, this truly is worth fighting for. It might seem totally unrealistic. It might seem impossible to walk into something like this, but I'm, I'm asking, even if you can't even take a whole day, start somewhere. You know, what if it's a day that you pick out, might be four hours, it might be six hours, just to stop and rest, just to turn everything off, 
to put your phone down, to take your watch off, to turn the TV off, to, to, to not schedule another shift. Four to six hours, just sit there. And that might be a good starting point to get you uh, to a point maybe where you could have a whole day that you would devote to God, that you would devote to, to rest and even resisting this culture of more that we live in. So here's the thing. I think that if we would live just this one day differently, this one day in Sabbath and in rest, that it would impact the rest of the days of the week, that, that the entire week would be different. Walter Brueggemann, he says it like this. People who keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. What if Monday was different because you had rested and taken a moment to linger with the one that made you, to take a moment to linger with your closest friends or your family, to just be and stop? See, we've been talking about a different kind of pace. In the series, we've talked about practices of solitude, of simplicity, not being owned by our stuff, of Sabbath. And I hope that it changes our pace. I hope that our community would live very differently after just this month of talking about a different pace, a different rhythm of life. Because I think of all the most profound things that I have heard from Jesus. It's Eugene Peterson's take from the message on Matthew chapter 11. Read this with me. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I want that. And I pray that there is a growing and insatiable desire, a craving in you when he says, come away with me, that you want to say yes. To set aside that time every single week and say, you know what, I need this. The Sabbath was made for me. The Sabbath was made for me to enjoy, to stop, and to linger with my Lord. I pray that you'd take Jesus up on his offer to come to him. You who are weary and exhausted, who've got nothing left in the tank, would you come to him today? See, I think we live in a world where the schedules have been ruthless to us, but it's us who need to ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Would you pray with me? Father, I thank you for the different way of living. I thank you, God, that Jesus didn't just come to this world to uh, give us a pattern, but he even gives us his spirit as this, this empowerment to be able to walk in his ways and do the things that he does. And so, Lord, I ask for the miracle of your spirit's power to show up in our lives. We're expecting miracles when we talk about healing and all kinds of things like that. Father, I'm asking for the miracle of rest in our households. For men and women who just have, have spent themselves so badly trying to get more and do more, who feel the pressures of this world all around them. Father, I pray for the miracle of Sabbath rest. That, Lord, you would show yourself in those times and restore and refresh people in a way that, that nobody else can. Because Father, I truly do believe 
you can do more with that one day than I could with all the rest of the days. And so, Father, we invite your kingdom to come, your will to be done, just like it is in heaven, in our lives, Father, have your way. Lord, we praise you for a better life, a better way of living, for your faithfulness to guiding us in that. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.